everyone! In episode 43 in December, Crystal was saying that she would be playing her first ever game of Twilight Imperium, and she mentioned that she might do a bonus episode talking about her thoughts of the game. Well, instead of doing a bonus episode, we did a live stream where Crystal and I talked about Twilight Imperium and uh, my time playing it and her time playing it, the Twilight Imperium 4th edition. So the live stream is here now in podcast form. It was live and unedited, so it might not be the best quality, but here it is. Hello, everyone. Hello. We're here. Yay. Um, is anyone else here? That's the question. <laughs> oh, you know what? Nick is. He's putting a little panda oh. bear in the chat. Yay. I see it. I don't actually know how much the lag is. But yeah, let us know if you can hear us, if the sounds are okay. I'm going to turn off this music now. And I just tweeted that we're live. So I should retweet that from my account. Sweet. Levels are good. Levels are good. I like it. I like it. I like it. (laughs) So hello everyone. We um, I'm sorry I'm tweeting and talking two things at once. That's uh, talent right there. We or I had kind of promised a potential bonus episode talking about my very first play of Twilight Imperium, and as I approached that, I realized that I've listened to podcasts in the past where it was just one person talking, and for some subjects that works really well. But when it comes to board games, I feel like one person by themselves often isn't as compelling to listen to. And I guess I'm judging myself in that regard. I didn't think that I could create something interesting enough on my own. Who knows? But so I, I asked Ambi if she would be willing to do this with me instead. And we could kind of just discuss my first play of Twilight Imperium, her past experiences with the game, uh, and anything else that strikes our fancy. And it doesn't have to be all Twilight Imperium either. We may talk about some other games we've been playing or gaming over the holidays. Uh, We may take some questions from chat if you all have anything that you want to ask us. So if you do have questions, throw them in the chat. That doesn't mean we'll answer them now or ever, (laughs) I guess, (laughs) depending on who shows up, you know. But yeah, so Ambi, how is your day going? We should, you know what, I'm going to steal something from Great Way Games and I'm going to do a mental check-in before we get into the subject matter. And because those, I love that part of their podcast. And I think it's a nice little way to give people an idea of how we're feeling in general. Um, well, my day's okay. I just got home from work. I started a jigsaw puzzle that I got from Secret Santa at work. Uh, it's a Disney jigsaw puzzle stained glass, and the pieces are transparent. So it's really cool. What? Yeah. That- does sound cool. I'm I kind I like I'm not much of a puzzle person, but that sounds neat. Yeah, I didn't think I was a puzzle person, but last year we started where we did a jigsaw puzzle at work and then I was doing it a lot and really enjoying it, so I guess I am a puzzle person. Okay. Well, that's neat. Well, I want to see a picture of it when it's done cuz that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. I I've been home from work now for uh, about an hour and a half. Work was uneventful today. Uh, I did, yes, last night, I downloaded Stardew Valley for the first time, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people really like, and I've never played. Uh, I got a Switch, a Nintendo Switch for Christmas, so I downloaded it for the Switch. And so I was, like, playing it on my lunch break at work, which is just awesome. 
I can play Zelda or Mario or whatever at work. The Switch is super cool. I'm loving it quite a bit thus far. Uh, But yeah, Stardew Valley is fun so far. I'm only like a handful of days in now, like, and I feel like I don't know what I'm doing at all. But I planted some parsnips and I talked to some people and it rained. (laughs) That's like all that's happened so far. So... I've never played that either, but I do want I, to get a Switch. I, You know what? It's funny because we, we only got our Wii U two years ago. Like, we were late adopters to the Wii U. And when Nintendo, like, when before the Switch was announced, back when it was called, what was it called? NX or something was, like, the code name or code letters. I don't know. Whatever it was. People were talking about how it was going to be, like, a handheld or, like, a travel device and a console. And I was like, I have a 3DS and I have a Wii U. I just can't see myself needing the Switch. And now that I own one, forget the Wii U, forget (laughs) the 3DS. I don't want a game on anything else anymore because the Switch is just so good. (laughs) So, yeah, I hate that I love it so much. And I hate that I need to buy another copy of Breath of the Wild now, which I do. And anyone who says otherwise to me is wrong because I I don't want to play it on my Wii U anymore. I just want to play it on the Switch. So I have to buy a second copy of the silly game, which I may have already done and it's kind of on its way to me. So (laughs) that's a thing that happened. Uh, I don't know if we have anybody else in the chat other than Nick, but uh, shout out to Nick because he's awesome and in the chat right now. (laughs) And we are going to be uploading this video to YouTube uh, at some point after the broadcast. So if you are watching this after the fact on YouTube, hello to you, awesome Blitzketeer. Shout out to you for watching us when we're not live, even though this is live now. <laughs> uh, also, shout out to Star Trek. I'm wearing my Terok Nor shirt because it's the 25th anniversary of Deep Space Nine today, and that's exciting. I know... People who aren't Trekkies won't know what that means, but it's very cool. And also, I can't believe it's 25 years old. I still haven't seen much Star Trek, so sorry. No, you're in the majority (laughs) in that regard. Most people haven't seen much Star Trek, aside from some of the newer movies and stuff like that. And, uh, I mean, if I was going to tell somebody to watch only one of the Star Trek series... Discovery aside, because Discovery, I think, is a really good starting point for new people because it doesn't, there's no there's no barrier to entry and there's only half of a season right now, so it's easy. Um, but if you were going to go back to one of the older ones, Deep Space Nine, hands down, is the one that I would recommend and it is my favorite. And that's having just re- watched the entire thing for the first time earlier this year. And I can't believe it took me that long because it's the best, like, a lot. Okay, so I've dilly-dallied enough, I suppose. We should get to the subject at hand, which is Twilight Imperium. Uh, I think the uh, board game internet kind of lost its collective mind uh, back before Gen Con when Fantasy Flight... Oh, hey, and uh, our friends from Meeple Overboard, who are another board game podcast that's uh, based out of Vegas, where I live, are in the chat. So, hello! Uh, They're awesome. Uh, but yeah, I think before when Fantasy Flight announced that this was happening, everybody kind of had that moment of, holy cow, 
it's really happening. Because for years and years, people had been, you know, putting it on their prediction lists that there was going to be a new edition of TI4 or, yeah, Twilight Imperium. And then it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. And so I think people had kind of been like, maybe it's never going to happen. And then it did. <laughs> so you have played the third edition of Twilight Imperium before, yes. right? Yeah. How many times have you played it? Because you guys used to own it. If yeah, I remember we used to have it. Um, I'm not sure exactly because the first time I played was before I started logging plays, but I have five plays logged. Okay. So you've played <laughs> it probably between five and 10 times. Yeah. Pr probably like six About or something. I don't know. Six. Oh, okay. But you've got a decent number of plays under your belt. So you're at least, I mean, you're real familiar with the third edition of the game. Well, the last time I played it was in 2015 so it's been okay, a while so it's been a little while um is there a particular reason that you all culled it from your collection and or stopped playing it or is it just um yes it's because we discovered 18xx okay so and ti3 used to be toby's favorite game toby's my husband uh and we used to play it like at his birthday every year or on new year's every year or so sometime every year and then after he discovered 18xx, that replaced it completely. <laughs> Which is interesting because I feel like generally 18xx and TI of any edition tend to generally appeal to different types of gamers overall. But I guess they're long, they're epic, mm -hmm. they have a lot of moving parts. So there are some similarities there that I guess people wouldn't necessarily see at face value. Yeah. Like, he didn't like the dice, I think, Okay. TI. And so, yeah, it's like the long, epic game experience. And so now if he wants a long, epic game experience, he'll play 1817. And then, so we weren't playing TI3 anymore. And we actually sold it to one of our friends who still really likes it um, before we knew TI4 was coming out. <laughs> Otherwise, he probably would have bought TI4 instead. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. And... So yeah, so it wasn't that you guys disliked T Twilight Imperium, yeah. you just moved on to something you liked more, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's cool. I And for me, like, I'd never played it and had always kind of been interested in it, and especially because uh, Roy Cannaday of Epic Gaming Night, I kind of consider him to be my game doppelganger in some respects. Like, he's... He likes very thematic games. He likes chucking dice. Mm -hmm. And he and I tend to enjoy the same games. Not always. Like, there isn't... It's not 100%. But uh, T Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition was his favorite game of all time. It was number one on his list. And so the fact that I hadn't played it and he really loved it was, like... It's weird that one person's like of the game is what was influencing me. But I was like, man, if Roy likes it that much, I have to play it. Mm -hmm. And... So I finally got around to it. Uh, beginning of December, uh, my buddy Scott uh, had wanted to play the new edition for his birthday. And so he got a group of us together. Um, and our play was five people. It took five and a half hours, which considering three of the five had never played the game before, I have heard that that's pretty good. Uh, the new edition I've heard plays a little faster than the older edition. But again, my experience is just limited to a single play of fourth edition only. So I don't have anything to compare that against in my own mind. Uh, but 
for Scott and Steve, who had both played it many times previously, they said it felt more smooth than plays of the old edition. Um, and I, I actually recorded um, some like audio clips, some voice memos on my phone during the game, and not all of them turned out great, but like a couple of them kind of did. And you'll have to tell me whether it comes through or not, but I might try playing. They're short. Like the first one, so I recorded one after round one of the game. Um, I'm going to play it near my microphone and we'll see if that comes through. If it doesn't, you can say stop and I'll just kind of (laughs) tell you what it said. But it's interesting to hear because I, so this one, to give some context, after the very first round of the game, I talked for about a minute and I talked with my friend Joe, who was sitting next to me. um, And he and I obviously being next to each other, we were potentially going to clash and Joe and I play a lot of games like this together. So I thought it'd be neat to get his thoughts on it. So I'm going to see how this works. I'm going to turn up the volume and we'll do this. Skill and the skill. All right. So I'm here. We're starting round two. Keep talking. You're fine. I don't care. Uh, We are starting round two of Twilight Imperium fourth edition. I am playing the Excha kingdom. I'm sure I pronounced that incorrect. My neighbor Joe here is playing the barony of Letnev. And uh, I don't know, Joe, are the Barony and the Kingdom going to be friends or enemies? What do you think after round one? We'll see how it goes. <laughs> that's probably a guarantee that we'll be enemies, but that's okay. Joe and I, we have experience. We've played Star Trek Ascendancy and some other 4X games together. We've played Rex. So we have some experience in this universe. Uh, I don't think I'm doing well at this point. Um, I feel like I didn't have enough resources to produce things the first round, and I don't know if that's as a result of a mistake I made or not a mistake I made. It just feels like I didn't get as much done in the first round as I would have liked. So I suppose we'll we'll find out how that goes, and uh, I'll report in later. So that i guess it was okay audio wise like yeah. oh nick said he could Nick's hear it you could hear it so yeah i prior to the game i had done some prep work to kind of get myself up to speed so i didn't come in blind uh, i had watched a couple of different tutorial and learn to play videos online although it seemed like there wasn't a ton yet at least not the beginning of december the game had only been out um had only hit retail like I think maybe two or three weeks before that, I could be mistaken, but I think it was November. And it seems like most of the people who got it at Gen Con maybe weren't big content producers. So there weren't a lot of tutorial or how to play videos on the fourth edition yet. So I watched what I could find and then I went on Board Game Geek and read some information in the forums, kind of stuff about like which races were good for new players. It didn't end up mattering because we kind of picked like I was the last one to choose other than the people who'd played before. And I didn't have, I had limited options, but uh, I wanted to be the, the space lions, uh, the Hakan and I didn't get to be the Hakan. So <laughs> I got was, I, yeah, I don't know. And it's X X C H A. I, how, I don't know how to pronounce it. The... I don't know that one. No. <laughs> My favorite's the Jolnar, the technology people. Okay. Yeah. And I, they all seem to have really cool abilities in different ways and it's hard to know what I want to do best, but I ended up being the space turtles. 
so I had also printed out some references for myself. I thought, I knew that the game was big and sprawling and we were going to be at a really big table. So I went ahead and printed out um, each of the strategy cards, like on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, again, from Board Game Geek, some people had uploaded files as references that were really helpful. So that way I knew all of the strategy cards. I could reference my piece of paper and see what they said and what they did. Um, and then I also printed out just basically a round and turn order guide so I could remember mm-hmm. the steps of each round and turn. Um, I kind of wish I had had a reference regarding the objectives, which obviously different objectives come out each game, but I was finding it difficult to remember what objectives had come out and they were on the opposite side of the table. So I had to keep running around the table to like check. <laughs> I was like, wait, what is that thing again? And I messed up uh, one objective fairly early on. Uh, it was, I believe it was have ships in uh, or around eight different planets. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm almost there. I'm going to do it. And then I thought I did it and I was about ready to claim it. And then I realized ground troops are not ships. Those mm. are different. And I had stuff around eight different planets or on them, but not ships. So I was like, I'm going to claim a thing. Uh, never mind. I'm not <laughs> claiming a thing. Aww. So that was a little awkward. <laughs> I had trouble getting trade goods, which I'm not quite sure. I think it was just me not, I don't know. I picked strategy cards poorly, <laughs> I think. Uh, oh, and uh, Nick suggested some uh, some how to, play. how to plays that have come out, um, that have come out probably since then. So that's cool and helpful. Um, but yeah, so I... I've played Rex before, so that's interesting to note because this is not the first game that I've played in the Twilight Imperium universe. Uh, Rex, for those who aren't aware, is a game that is a re-theme of the older board game Dune, and the Dune license was no longer available, and so Fantasy Flight took their Twilight Imperium world and put it into Dune to make it Rex. So I had at least, um, and what's funny is when we played Rex, I took the rule book and actually read through a bunch of the lore of the world because I was trying to kind of like get myself into it. And I don't remember much of it. <laughs> it didn't stick. <laughs> and I think that's kind of part of the reason why I enjoyed Twilight Imperium, but it is not going to supplant Star Trek Ascendancy for me as far as 4X games go. Mm-hmm. And like that's not to say that Star Trek Ascendancy is a better game. I think it's a better game for me. And they're both great games. And I think most people would agree with that who have played both. But Star Trek Ascendancy is better for me because of the theme. Like the Star Trek theme, if you couldn't tell, is a big deal <laughs> in Crystal World. And I... Like, when I play Star Trek Ascendancy, I have a connection to each of those races and ships and events and planets. Like, I know the backstory of all of those locations. So it feels more real to me when I'm playing it. And so even though the games mechanically are kind of similar in a number of ways, like battles are pretty much just dice chucking, see who wins kind of stuff... Uh, I enjoy Star Trek Ascendancy more. And I know that Roy Kennedy, I think, does, is not a Trekkie. So that might explain why he and I don't match up in that regard. But you have not played Star Trek Ascendancy. Is that right? That is correct. I have not. Do, 
do you have any interest in playing it? You can say no, um, and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little. I not, not really. I don't know. Because, like, 4X games aren't really your thing, right? Like, I know you're not necessarily against them, but... I mean, I'll play it if, like, everyone wants to play that, but... It's not like on on my list of games. Well, and right, play, so, yeah. and if it's not on your list, and it's a long game, which Star Trek Ascendancy is, then I imagine it's un or less likely to potentially happen. Because um, I would be curious to hear like your thoughts on it, only because I know that you're not a Trekkie either. So like, <laughs> I I it's hard for me to know if my picking Star Trek over TI four is entirely because of the theme. Or, Star. okay, so, oh, so Nick says he thinks Star Trek Ascendancy works better with a smaller player count and TI4 works better with more. And I think that that's accurate. Wasn't um, Star Trek just three players? Yes, the base game yeah. of Ascendancy is three only. Not two, not four, just three, which was weird. And I think the game has suffered from the fact that the first two expansions, were, which were supposed to release literally like two or three months after the base game, ended up not releasing until more than a year later. So I think people who went, oh, that game sounds interesting, but I don't want to play with three, or I don't want to be, like, have to play with three. So I'm Mm going to wait for the expansions to come out. And then they didn't for a really long time. I think uh, Gale Force 9 kind of lost some steam because of that. And so people who may have picked it up and tried it haven't. And people should try it because it's awesome. And I want them to make more expansions. <laughs> Please, Gale Force 9, if you happen to be watching this, I will take all of the expansions and all of the races. I want the Dominion. I want uh, Andorians. I want more. All of it. Uh, like, just lots and lots of stuff. And I have, I have the Borg expansion, but I haven't played it yet. And it makes me sad that I haven't played it yet. Because... So in case, oh, I guess I should even say for people who are like, oh, three, that sucks. So when you buy uh, the first two expansions, which are the Cardassians and the Ferengi, it expands Star Trek Ascendancy to four and or five players respectively. Then the Borg expansion, which came out just a couple of months ago, or maybe less than that now, um, can actually take the game down to two or even one player. So if you have all three expansions, the game can go anywhere from one to five players, which I think is a much more friendly player count. I don't know how the solo or two-player experiences go yet, but I am really interested to try them out. Because I think in the three-player game, you sometimes end up with the problem that you end up with in a lot of three-player games where it's two people ganging up against the person who happens to be in the lead. And I don't enjoy that experience always. But... Um, I know I'm talking about Star Trek. I've got Star Trek <laughs> on the brain today. Back to Twilight Imperium. Back to Twilight Imperium. But yeah, I think uh, at least with TI3, the best player count was six, I heard. Um, I believe I've heard that yeah. for four edition as well, or at okay. least like five or six. Um, I think I think people like even numbers. I forget why. <laughs> I, Pro- I mean, I would imagine possibly for a similar reason. In that, like, especially if you're going to make alliances with people, um, it can be yeah, a little more like equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't end up with somebody kind of on the outskirts, either uh, above everyone or below everyone. Because that that's, that's not fun when, like, everybody else is in an alliance except for you. Yeah. I mean, assuming you're not winning. If you're winning, then it kind of makes <laughs> sense. But that's the thing. If you're winning, in theory, somebody else should be hitching their wagon to your train and riding mm-hmm. along, I think. But 
so yeah, like the early rounds of the game were like, I wasn't doing horrible, but I wasn't doing great. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, so I have two other audio clips that are actually like good enough to listen to. So I recorded one that is a little less than two minutes long in the middle of the game. And let's here, I'll give, we'll play that and then I'll respond to that. So we are a few rounds into the game, and the uh, Federation of Soul and the Universities of Jolnar are duking it out. The, basically, the humans <laughs> are getting stomped on. But the humans control Nekatol Rex right now. Isn't that right, Scott? Yes. And they say damage, correct? So, uh... Until the end of the round, when they get repaired. It's a lot of ships that are moving in over there. I guess I'm gonna... So Steve's got the two that are fighting. Current scores right now. Jolnar is in the lead with six points. Uh, Soul has five. I have three. And then we've got two and one respectively for the last two. It's a five-player game. But I think that the uh, there could be some movement amongst those ones below me. I have a feeling it's not going to go well for me soon. But I suppose we'll find out. Uh, Joe, so you and I, we had a little, we had a little tip earlier. <laughs> did, uh, that didn't go well for me, did it? You invaded me. I mean, you do make a good point. I mean, those planets, though, they just looked so tempting. Joe left, like, two planets. I couldn't, couldn't help like, myself. Undefended. It was, it was, it was a very nice Venus flytrap that you caught me in there. I, uh, I, I retreated hastily. Uh, you know, just like I don't know if that's. I mean, I'm a turtle. I feel, I, I feel like that thing that seems thematic. So, well, I uh, I think I'm gonna earn a couple points at the end of this round, so I should be up to five at that point. So, I am not doing the worst, which, you know, like I figured I'd suck completely, and I don't. So. I don't expect to win, especially since a couple of these guys have played this game before, and those are the two that are in the lead. So that makes sense. But we're having fun, and we'll see how it goes. So it is potentially important for me to note that I I was having a lot of doubts uh, about myself and my ability to play this game, and I don't know if that's just because I had built it up so much in my head that I didn't think I could live up to my own expectations. Um, and it did, it did not help that um, one of the players in the game, the only player that I was not familiar with prior to this game, um, he was uh, my friend Steve's roommate. I had never met him before, and we did not know each other. And early in the game, he got a little bit verbally aggressive uh, toward me. Uh, nothing that fell with fell outside of the confines of the game, but just that seemed a little more antagonistic than was necessary and to a point where it made me somewhat uncomfortable. And that could just be my personal feelings, but like he had chosen to like go one way on the map and not another. And when I started to move my stuff toward that other stuff that he didn't go to, he, and this is not direct quotes because I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of, you better not do that. You're going to regret it. And like stuff like that within a game can be fine, but I kind of thought he was joking 
you know, or whatever, like trying to be like, oh, you know, you're going to regret that. And I was like, okay, ha ha. And I kept like going to move my stuff. And he was kind of like, like glaring at me a little and like acting a little bit intense uh, to the point where I decided to make a suboptimal play in the game for the sake of not creating tension. And I don't know if that was the right decision or not either for life or for the game. (laughs) Um, But it kind of sucked because I knew that what I was doing within the game was fine and was allowed. Mm -hmm. But because I don't know, didn't know this person, I didn't want to create a situation that would potentially ruin the experience for everyone, especially my friend Scott, whose birthday it was. So I kind of backed up my turn a little bit and moved my ships back and chose to go a different route. Um, whether that was beneficial for me or not, I really don't know because I'm not familiar enough with the game to understand how the different decisions would have affected things. But it kind of bummed me out because I it like it lessened my first experience of Twilight Imperium. And I'm still, I don't regret what I did for the sake of the game experience overall. But I, I kind of wish I had stood up for myself a little bit more. But, you know, just not knowing what, what, what would have happened or how, who he is and what his, he's like, I just didn't want to create that tension within the game. So I think that that did contribute to me not enjoying the game as much as I could have, but I still enjoyed the game. So that, that speaks highly of the game, I think, in and of itself. Um, the, the final scores ended up being, um, uh, so Steve, who was, oh gosh, which one was Jolnar and which one was Sol? It was Jolnar and Sol or Scott and Steve, but I can't remember who was who. <laughs> uh, Scott, Steve ended up having 11 points cause he got two wow. as his last thing. And then Scott had six points. I had five which I literally had at the middle of the game. And then <laughs> we, it ended like, it only ended like a couple rounds later, I think, because mm-hmm. Steve kind of ran away with it. Um, and then, yeah, we had uh, the other two players were less than me. So I was in, or no, 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 I was tied for second. Scott might've lost a point. I think I tied for second place. You know what? Hey, this is what the BG stats app is good points. for. Uh, yes, because if you make the, there's um. Uh, oh gosh, what are the, they're not called trade agreements in uh, Twilight Imperium. When you make it a, a pact with another player, it's trade, trade agreements. Um, trade. Uh, whatever, <laughs> when you're making trade? an agreement, it's trade agreement in Star Trek. It's, it's trade something. Uh, uh, let's see I here. Think. We're going to look this up. Um, what the final scores were. But anyway, so uh, if you make one of the specific agreements with somebody, you mm-hmm. each instantly get a victory point. But then oh, okay. you... I think that's new. If you attack them, or if you like enter a system... Pax, maybe it's Pax. Oh, that might Pax. be right, Nick. I don't know. I've only played <laughs> once. So, um, yes. So yeah, Scott and I both had... Oh, yeah. So it was 10? Wait, no, he had 11. I'm pretty sure he had 11. I might have tracked this wrong. Oh gosh, my whole year in tracking. <laughs> so it's a shame. You can't trust any of your stats anymore. I can't. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, Scott and I had five. Uh, Justin, who was Steve's roommate, had four, and then Joe had two. <laughs> Which Joe is a really, really like super talented player. I play games with him a lot, 
And it's so funny because his strategies do tend to be like he either runs away with the game or he's in dead last. (laughs) And I love playing with him because he's really fun and unpredictable in like a good way. So that's neat. But um, so, yeah, I think I did well considering, I mean, admittedly, we were we had half half as many points as first place, but I was tied for second. So I didn't completely uh, screw it up. Um, so let's, I, I actually interviewed Scott who won or no, who did not win the game, who tied for second with me, but it was his birthday and he was the one who set up the game. And so I kind of interviewed him about what his thoughts were on, uh, Twilight Imperium three compared to four and how he liked four having played it for the first time. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're called packs. And Nick said, you can trade them to others once you have them without their permission. Um, and that's, hmm. that is a neat aspect of Twilight Imperium that Star Trek definitely does not have. Because in Star Trek, the trade agreements are very much like you and another player trade your cards. And then as soon as you, one of you attacks the other one, one of the cards has to go back. And then the other one will come back automatically because nobody's going to leave it. Um, but yeah, let's listen to the post-game yeah, that, interview. The pack sounds like a new thing in TI4. Because I oh, really? think that's in TI3, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, or maybe it was in an expansion for TI3. Oh, maybe, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that they said was added in that used to be in the expansions. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's one thing specifically that did not get added in that Scott was kind of missing, um, which we'll hear about here in this interview with Scott. (laughs) All right, Scott. So this was this was your birthday wish, so to speak, was to play Twilight Imperium 4, which just released not too long ago. Did did it live up to the hype? Yes. Yes, it did. It is uh, as a person who I think I have five games of third edition i own the game and the two expansions they were all my copy so five five games of third edition under my belt this is definitely uh a faster more it's a lot tighter put together so okay that, so you would say if people haven't played twilight imperium before would you say that they should just jump straight into fourth edition oh yes yes if you don't have a copy or either have always kind of wanted one and like oh and like should i get through because they're cheap on the market or not like that i would i would say get fourth uh I want to, I'll, I'll default to uh, something Quinn said from okay. the, from They said, if you're going to play maybe once every other year, get a cheap copy of third with the expansions. If you're going to play a year, once a year or more, get fourth edition. That's not a bad point. And you, did, you said that there was only one piece from the expansions in the third edition that you felt like you kind of wished was here but maybe that will yeah, be eventually it's one little thing and it's it's the representatives for the politics phase that you could send with the assassins and the bodyguard it added an element of much more of a personalized palace intrigue and stuff like that to a story one of the first major times i played it again steve was there it was for my birthday in 2014 i want to say uh we had a politics round Okay. So he's just going to tell a little story about an experience he had with a previous game. We don't have to mm-hmm. listen to that. Um, but yeah, that's another interesting point about Twilight Imperium that I really liked is that the, the um, oh gosh, and my brain is now not working for anything. The phase that only happens once somebody mm-hmm. controls uh, Mechatol Rex, where you do vote on the politics? agendas. Yes, the politics phase or whatever it's called. <laughs> Uh, I thought that was really interesting and I don't think we got to explore the best parts of it because just mm-hmm. basically whichever ones came up for us weren't super interesting just by chance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I had done the thing where you get to look at the top two and then either put them on the top or the bottom of the pile. Uh, and at one point I put one on the top because it sounded interesting. And then when we got to it, I was like, oh, this isn't as interesting as I thought it would be. <laughs> so uh, I think that that concept and that idea is the agenda phase. Thank you, oh, Nick. Yeah, agenda, yeah. Also, those agreements we were talking about called promissory notes. <laughs> I can't remember a darn thing, apparently. <laughs> Thank you, Nick, for giving us all the terminology that I'm missing. And, uh, but yeah, I think the agenda phase is really, really interesting. Um, I just wish that we had gotten to do a little bit more of it. And Mechatol Rex got controlled fairly early, so it's not like that was the reason. I just think the ones that we drew weren't, like, they weren't a lot of game-changing rules. They were more of the one time this thing just happens right now. Like, oh, all of the wormholes are instantly connected kind of stuff, <laughs> which is interesting, but not, like, I like the ones that change the rules, I think, a little better. Okay. So was that all kind of similar in TI3? Oh, that was another change from TI3. The agenda phase was one of the, um, what's it called? The actions you take? Oh, the, um, the... Oh my gosh, uh, I have it. I have it written down because I knew I was going to forget. It is the strategy cards. Strategy cards, yeah. So someone takes that and draw, I think draws two agendas and one something, one of those other cards, and then they pick one to vote on, and then everyone oh. uses their planet influence to vote. Then, okay, yeah, because we still used our influence to vote. Mm -hmm. Does influence was... get used up? So what's interesting is you use influence during the main round, mm -hmm. and then when the agenda phase happens, you get all of your stuff back and oh. can spend all of it again, basically. Oh, okay, okay. And then it refreshes again. Yeah, because in, so, in TI3, you had to um, save it. Like, if you didn't have it used, or if you had used it for producing, then you wouldn't have it to vote. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Um. Yeah, I think I, I, in theory, just hearing the description, I think I like the way TI4 does it better. Because mm -hmm. we, yeah, I think a lot yeah, of people we, said that. Uh, well, and it, it made better, a yeah. difference. Although I will admit, that I guess it's in a way, it's a little bit luck based, or based on which planets end up near you, because you're mm -hmm. the amount of influence you get is based on what planets you control, and if yeah. the planets you happen to control contain less influence, then you obviously have less power. Mm -hmm. But it did make for interesting decisions when like. We would be voting on something and the last person had a whole ton of influence and we knew what they wanted to do with it and we were like well i guess it doesn't everyone matter. has to team up though <laughs> everyone yeah. else well, has and, to... it, and we got to vote on, and we always voted on two different agendas mm -hmm. so it was interesting mm -hmm. in that like how much influence do you spend on the first agenda not knowing what's coming for the second one oh okay that's interesting yeah, so you had to, that was, you had all of your influence, but you had to divvy it up between the two. And then, like, if you saved some of it and the second one was something you didn't care about at all, it was like, darn it. Like... <laughs> um, so I, I know we have a couple people in chat. If anybody else has questions about my experience with TI4, I'd be happy to answer some questions. But basically, the gist of it is I enjoyed the game. I, because I like Star Trek Ascendancy so much, I think it would be hard for Twilight Imperium to jump up really high on my list of all-time games, which doesn't really exist, but kind of does in my head, just because they are similar, and I like Star Trek so much more. So uh, I would definitely be willing to play TI4 again, which I guess is a good thing, considering we're definitely doing that in July. Uh, I am actually hoping to play it again before that point, because I'd really like to 
to dive into it a little bit more before we play it in July. But we're going to be playing it with Nick, who's in the chat. And that's super exciting because Nick is awesome. He is one of our patrons and he is a, he's been a supporter of us from, I think probably right from the beginning, if I remember correctly, or as soon as he discovered us and he's basically the best. And we got to meet him at Dice Tower Con last year. We have to meet a lot of people. I'm really amped for Dice Tower Con already. It's January and I'm like, is it July? (laughs) I'm very excited. Um, do you have anything else that you want to say about Twilight Imperium? Oh, does TI4 still have like the flavor text on the back of each um, card or race? Yes, they do have flavor text on the back. I did not really read mine. Because <laughs> oh, okay. I, I would always read mine at the beginning and then be like, oh, I wanted to get back to Mechatol Rex because blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I do like doing that in games, like making up thematic reasons for why I make decisions. But I think I was so paranoid about getting the game right that I was like not reading any of the flavor text. I was like, no, 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 I'm just going to do the game stuff. And okay. wait, what was what was the objectives again? And all of that jazz, but giant stories on the back of the races it's like six to seven paragraphs yeah. nick said yeah i really like the flavor text of, of Twilight and i did i read i read a whole bunch like i literally read pages and pages in when we played uh rex and i know mm-hmm. that it's the same world and the same races so i'm i think i got some of it at that point but i'm flailing about by the way a whole lot and i don't know why so <laughs> just anyone who's watching this after the fact or watching it right now woo <laughs> I'm excited, apparently. Um, so that's TI4. We don't have to end this now. We could talk about some other stuff theoretically. I do have a couple of things that I wanted to make sure I mentioned. Um, if you are watching this live or watching this soon after it gets posted to YouTube, which will likely happen soon-ish, but I'm not going to promise anything because that's going to be Ambi doing that, and there's no rush, obviously. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, tomorrow, uh, January 4th at noon Eastern, uh, the annual Kickstarter for the Dice Tower is going live. Mm-hmm. Um, we are part of the Dice Tower network. And so while the Kickstarter technically has nothing to do with us directly, uh, we obviously do have a vested interest in the network or in the Dice Tower in general. Um, can, being able to continue to make all of the content they make, especially because Tom has made a concerted effort over the past couple of years to increase the uh, diversity of the contributors on the network in a really cool way. And we were part of that, and which we, we greatly appreciate. And um, I think especially Mandy and Suzanne coming on and uh, hosting the Dice Tower podcast every other week has been absolutely wonderful and i read on twitter today that there are some people i don't know how many who have said that they are specifically not going to support the dice towers kickstarter because of mandy and suzanne being part of the channel and that makes me (laughs) real real mad (laughs) in a way that is kind of hard to quantify into words but i mandy and suzanne are awesome and their content is great and the dice tower being more inclusive and diverse is only going to lead to great and wonderful things all of that being said i would just highly suggest anyone watching this video 
in January of 2018. Uh, please, please, please go to Kickstarter, search for the Dice Tower, and if you have any money that you can throw their way, do it. Again, that money does not have anything to do with us, really. Even though we're part of the Dice Tower Network, we're not part of the Kickstarter. We're not involved with the Kickstarter. But I, I personally think that they deserve to continue making content in the way that they want to. And they've been doing a really good job of it. Uh, sorry, I'm rambling. Ambi, would you like to contribute anything in that regard? Um, I got to look at their Kickstarter page today. That was cool. Ooh, <laughs> there's there's I know, a lot I, of cool I, things. Yeah, it does. I, we obviously, we are not uh, at liberty to spoil stuff, but some of those promos look pretty awesome. And some of them are for games that I really, really like. So I am going to be tempted by a number of those. Mm-hmm. So what uh, What have you been playing lately, Ambi, that you Wait, would oh, want to mention? Nick says, is there interest in non-Space 4X games? I know Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea is getting a lot of buzz. I don't know. I actually have, it's a small group saying that, expecting to leave and go better this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, sorry, well, to not jump topics too much. So Nick is saying that the people talking about Mandy and Suzanne in a negative way are obviously a small group. And that is true. I think the vast majority of people are awesome and supportive. But I think that the negative people do tend to be pretty vocal. So I just want to make sure that the people who do support the Dice Tower being more inclusive and diverse should also be more vocal. And if you see somebody saying something crummy about anybody, this isn't even limited to this situation specifically, but if you feel like you can, you know, speak up and say, hey, that's not cool. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't be a jerk. Uh, And yeah, so then um, Nick was talking about non-space 4x games i don't think i've ever played a 4x game that isn't set in space at least not that i can recall uh so i would be curious to try heroes of land air and sea that does sound interesting mm-hmm. ambi you're making a face <laughs> no i'm trying to think it too sorry that's my thinking face <laughs> i mean that's kind of what it looks like <laughs> But yeah, I don't think I've played a non-space 4X. I don't think I've played that many 4X games, though, so I'm not much of a 4X gamer, I guess. I actually haven't played a lot of 4X games either, even though I say I like them. <laughs> I haven't played a lot. I mean, it's not like there are tons and tons of them yeah. either. So I, it's definitely a genre that I in, have enjoyed immensely in the past. What other games are 4X? I can't think of examples right now. Uh, Tiny Epic Galaxies, um, Forbidden Stars. Haven't played that. uh, (laughs) um, All the ones that come to mind are space-themed for me. And so uh, there might be 4X games. Oh, Eclipse. Maybe that's what I meant by instead of... Okay. I wonder if I meant Eclipse instead of Forbidden Stars. Is Forbidden Stars 4X? I I don't know. I haven't played either. (laughs) Um, All those space games. And see, this, this... this is why Star Trek resonates with me so strongly because everything else kind of blurs together, at least in my head. I know I am not, I'm not representative of everybody, but like Star Trek is special and unique for Crystal. And I don't know why I'm referring to myself in the third person, (laughs) but it is, it just, it resonates with me in a way that I just, other stuff doesn't. 
Forbidden Stars is real close to 4X, might be 3X. Okay. Yeah, I think that one's less confrontational. So maybe the exterminate part of 4X is less present in Forbidden Stars. I feel like I know some things. (laughs) (laughs) 3X is basically 4X for large values of 3. (laughs) There you go. That makes sense. Um, Yeah. Uh, so let's see, other stuff that I wanted to talk about. Oh, uh, reminder for anyone watching live or within the next day, uh, we are taking our holiday hiatus for the podcast. So we have no episode releasing on the podcast feed uh, tomorrow, January 4th. But hey, you know what? You can go over to the Dice Towers Kickstarter and spend some time reading that instead. Or something, I don't know. Uh, so our next <laughs> regularly scheduled episode will be on January 18th and it will be the 2017 Blitzies, which we're super excited about, or I'm super excited about. <laughs> I we're, still need uh, to figure mine out. <laughs> yes. And so I think um, we did the Blitzies last year for 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of just picked categories and picked games for each category. This year we're going to do a few specific categories and then we're also each going to do a top 10 We got a lot of positive feedback when we did a top five list uh, a few episodes ago. Everybody said, more lists. So we're listening. People love lists. (laughs) People do love lists. I mean, I can't blame them. I like lists too. It's, there's something nice about the order of things, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But so yeah, we're going to do a top 10 of 2017, each of us, all three of us, uh, and some other categories as well. And I'm excited about it. It will likely be a longer episode. It will be, uh, it'll break our 30 minute um, limit because we're skipping tomorrow's episode. So I guess we're borrowing time from that (laughs) episode. Oh, yay. Thank you, MU Jedi. Uh, I wonder if MU is from Missouri, University of Missouri, like in Missouri. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And thank you for saying that you love the podcast. That's awesome to hear. We uh, we love making it. So <laughs> it's always nice to hear that people love listening. And yeah, uh, it's not our Kickstarter, but we still we want to uh, throw some support toward the Dice Tower. Um, but yeah, 2017 Blitzies coming on January 18th. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have anything else specifically that I want to talk about. I've considered, I considered maybe bringing up my recent plays of Fallout and or Pandemic Legacy Season 2. No spoilers. No spoilers, I promise. Not saying anything. But, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll talk about either one of those or both in an upcoming episode. Um, Save it for that. Yeah, save it. Y'all have to wait. Uh, I won't have to wait too long. Yeah, that's true. As soon as we don't go live, you can be like, hey, what happened with those? Uh, I'm not going to spoil Pandemic Legacy for you. We're no, the, no. we are through September right now, and I kind of want to try and finish the whole thing before we record the Blitzies episode. But my husband's going to be doing some traveling, and I'm playing um, Pandemic Legacy with him, so I don't know mm-hmm. if we're going to be able to finish before I have to make my top ten list, which is problematic because it's hard to put it on the list without knowing exactly how it ends. But Three-fourths of the way through, I can say it is going on my top ten list for the year. I just don't know where. So that's not a spoiler. 
playing through September, that's more plays than a lot of other games, right? That's very true. I, uh, again, shout out to the BG Stats app because it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, how did I live before I tracked my plays? Really, I just don't even know. It's So yeah, if I look at my insights for 2017, Pandemic Legacy Season 2 is my fifth most played game. And I've only been playing it for the past, like, less than two months. Wow. Like, we started in November. Um, but we've played it nine times so far. Uh, wait, that doesn't seem right. September. Did I not track my month? Yeah, no, we've lost twice. So you should have played 11. 11? Did you play some this year? Oh, yes. Three of them, I Mm. think. Two or three this year. So, yep, that makes sense. I was like, wait, why is it wrong? Um... Uh, my my, do you know what my most played game of the year is, or did you see it in the screenshot? Did you? I don't remember. <laughs> okay, well, do you want to guess what it was? Uh, King Domino. That is accurate. Good job, <laughs> you. Uh, how many times did I play King Domino <laughs> in 2017? Twenty-six. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> I don't play anything that much. Oh, okay. Uh, 14. 14 times. 14. That was my most played game. Uh, and then I played Queen Domino four it's times. Like so if sense. you combine them, then it's 18 plays. Um, oh, I think you might have said something, and I read that. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, no, my yeah, uh, my I... most played games of the year, which is not necessarily a spoiler for my top 10, um, King Domino with 14, Codenames Duet with 11, Near and Far mm. with 11, number 9 with 10, and then Pandemic Legacy with 9. But that's just for 2017, not 2018. Mm-hmm. So uh, my number 6th played game is Mythos Tales, which I don't <laughs> like at all. But I, my friend really wanted to play it, and I enjoyed playing 2017? games. 2017? I don't even know. Uh, it's hard to tell. remember which games came out in 2017. That is a good point. Everything kind of blurs together at some point. And it was weird because then I was also remembering, I was like, dang, it's been two years since I finished Pandemic Legacy Season 1. And it doesn't feel oh, like really? it was... Yeah. Because <laughs> it came out in fall huh. of 2015 and my group played it. Like, we, we didn't finish until, I think, January or February of twenty seven or 2016. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it released in the fall of 2015. Okay, um, wow. Yeah. And... It's so weird because I would love to be able to compare Pandemic Legacy Season 1 and Pandemic Legacy Season 2 at some point. Spoilers or not, I don't know. But I don't remember a lot of the details of Season 1. And that's not to say that it's forgettable. Like, there are big moments that I remember really well. But, like, the little details don't stick as much for me. I do have the book that you, like, fill out with all of your gameplays. I still have that in the box. Um, so I could reference that, I suppose. But yeah. aside I, from... I, yeah. I have details on my log plays. But, wow, I, I guess... I wasn't tracking back then. We That's finished... It, we, our first play was October 24th, 2015, and our last play was November 22nd. So we played it through it pretty quickly. <laughs> okay. That is um, pretty quick. Yeah, my mm-hmm. friends and I were playing once a week, mm-hmm. and then we were playing, like, about two games a session, generally. Yeah, we, we did, like, three months a session or something, which okay. would be, like, three to six games. 
Wow. Yeah, that's that's yeah. impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and Emu Jedi asked in the chat if I prefer Queen Domino over King Domino. That is an interesting question. I do own both now, and I do enjoy both. But I think I am one of the rare people that actually prefers King Domino. Uh, whereas some people kind of hate on King Domino for its simplicity. I appreciate it and love it for its simplicity. Uh, it's, it's elegant in a way that Queen Domino isn't. They're both approachable and easy enough to learn that you could teach either one to just about anybody. But I just, I like King Domino's simplicity more. I still like Queen Domino and will play it. I own it. I clearly wouldn't have bought it if I didn't like it because uh, I played it before I purchased it. But uh, yeah, I think I like King Domino more. Um, uh, Nick made a good point about Pandemic Legacy Season 1 saying that things felt a little bit similar maybe in the middle of the game, which kind of made things a little bit muddled. And I would not necessarily disagree with that. Although I know that some people's plays may have gone differently, obviously based on mm-hmm. stuff that happened. Potentially, again, no spoilers. But uh, I've been playing Pandemic Legacy Season 2 with my husband, and he did not play Pandemic Legacy Season 1. I know some people had kind of said, oh, I never got around to playing Season 1. Do I need to play Season 1 before I play Season 2? And I don't think you do, honestly. The the stuff that Season 2 could potentially spoil for you aren't really the parts of Season 1 that felt cool and oh my gosh like the 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 big moments from season one and again this is technically me only having played season two through september i don't know if something else will come up in the last three months but it doesn't it doesn't spoil like they use a word that you would have known from season one but it doesn't like without a frame of reference it doesn't mean anything um so i honestly think if people want to just jump into season two you could do that. And then you could go back to season one. And I don't think that the experience would necessarily be lessened because the story, while it is a continuation, it's not a direct, like, here's one day, here's the next day. It takes place 70 years after the fact. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, I don't think, I think you could play season two first if you wanted to, or never play season one if you wanted to. I, I think I like season two more. I think. It's hard to I say without to having... It. I rated season one a 10 on BGG. So again, I can't, can't I don't go above that, right? <laughs> yeah. You can't go above that. 10 is the highest. Um, but I to re-rate. Uh, yeah. That's what's interesting is. Well, I think they could theoretically could both be tens and me like one more than the other. Cause I don't know. It's hard. I, 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 I do feel like I should readjust, but it's how do I readjust if when I played a, this game that I'm never going to play ever again, it was a 10 for me. Mm-hmm. It was. I really, like, that was how I felt about it. It's not like my experience has changed over time. Is it fair to compare a game to things that come out after it and then lessen its rating because of that? It just... Well, with other games that you do play again, you do. So, I don't know. It's hard because it's you're never going to play it again. Right. Uh... Shut Up and Sit Down guys made a good point in their video about Pandemic Legacy Season 2 saying that they don't know if their memories of Season Mm 1 are accurate 
or not. I, that's I'm paraphrasing, but it's I I feel the same way. I don't remember all of the nitty gritty details, and I can't ever go back and do it again. It'll never be the same. If mm-hmm. I, if I, I yes, I could buy another copy of the game and play through it, but now I know what the big twists are going to be. So it's it can never be the same. That's crazy and very cool. And my husband's coming down the stairs. <laughs> He's like, jump right fast. Like, didn't want to be in the shot. Uh, oh, the stairs aren't in the shot in the thing, so it's okay. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, they're <laughs> in the Skype, but they're not in the... So now I'm just, like, pointing to nothing. So perfect. <laughs> I forgot that the box is smaller on the mm-hmm. stream. Uh, I've been talking a lot. Surprising nobody. Ambi, <laughs> talk to me. Tell me what's been going on with you and gaming. Um, well, I was looking at my 2017 stats, too. Uh, I want to guess my that. most played game. I may it's have mentioned it. Magic Maze? No, that's my third most played. Okay, hold on. Let me see. <laughs> Your most played. Because that's what tough, what's tough is you, you guys play a lot of 18xx games, but I don't think you necessarily play the same 18xx game over and over again. Although you yeah, might and, have. And they're also long, so. Uh, I know you guys played Rolling Stock quite a bit at one point, but I don't think that would be your most played. Oh, Nick in the chat suggested Strike. And if that's accurate, is it Strike? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. 54 uh, plays. <laughs> 54? I'm sorry. I think I just spit on my computer monitor. That is. Bye. Have fun. <laughs> Uh, I, 54, like, I, I don't even know what to do with that number. Uh, that is a lot. Although, well, Each what? play is really fast. That's true. It is a very fast game. And, and like, each uh, time we play, we play at least three times. Oh, yeah. You have to. Uh, I think I had told you, I don't know if it was, like, publicly or in one of our private chats or whatever, but I had tried to order a copy of it from, uh, eBay Mm-hmm. Or no, Amazon. Um, and it was coming from overseas, and then it just never showed up, and so they refunded my money. And I was yeah. like, but but I want the game. <laughs> so uh, earlier last week, uh, I went on the Board Game Geek Market, and I found a copy of it on there for a reasonable price. And so I bought it, and it's on its way to me, and it's coming on Saturday. And I'm finally going to own my own copy of Strike. <laughs> Yay. And it was funny because when the guy messaged me, he was like, I didn't think that I would be selling this to somebody who I've seen on video before. <laughs> and I was like, I guess you know you can trust me. <laughs> That's cool. I'm, I'm not a scumbag. I don't know who he is, but uh, he, he seems nice enough. And yeah, he shipped me the game. So it's coming on Saturday and I'm very, very, very excited. I was kind of okay. hoping to have it before New Year's uh, since I had a lot of people over gaming on New Year's. But I'm going to have it now. So I'm, I'll bring my copy to uh, BlitzCon in February. Oh, we should have a tournament. Oh, yes, we should. <laughs> oh, guess what else I'm bringing to BlitzCon? Here, this is breaking I, I news. I have to guess. Uh, you don't have to guess. Okay, okay. I don't have a guess. Uh, I am bringing, I guess I'm promising this now because I haven't made it yet, but I am bringing a rethemed version of Heartthrob called Throb. that's about... Okay. Dogs. <laughs> I still haven't played Heartthrob, but I want to play this one now. Well, I'm gonna. I'll bring regular Heartthrob too, so okay. we can all ogle Trevor. I kind of want to go get Trevor now. 
for people who haven't seen him. Hold on. Entertain the chat for the next, ah. like, 60 seconds. <laughs> okay. Um, I have to entertain you guys. Uh. <laughs> so, I'll just go through my most played games as well. Strike was 54, then Werewords uh, at 46, and then Magic Maze at 24, and then One Night Ultimate Werewolf at 23, which I played a bunch, um, like, last week, I think. My friend had it, and we played, like, 10 times in a row. Uh, and then Insider at 19, which I actually haven't played as much since Werewords. Since yeah, Werewords is better. Um, I like Insider, but Werewords is better. Yeah. So, here's my heartthrob box. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's find Trevor so we can show people who don't know who Trevor is who Trevor is. I don't know who Trevor is. Trevor is like when I tell people about this game, mm-hmm. I always use Trevor as like a frame of reference for the type of '80s stock photography boys that are in this silly game, and. There, I mean, there's a lot of them, and they're all just stock photography. There's Max okay, can and you Rex. Make it a little more. Oh, oh yeah, Sorry. I forgot. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Um, yeah. Oh, there's a dog. Yep, there's a dog. It's already a dog for your retheme. Oh, there he is. I found Trevor. So, if you wanted to know, like, what the epitome of hot boy in the 80s was apparently it was a suit jacket a bolo tie and a mullet because there's trevor (laughs) that is trevor uh you can't beat that right like the smolder is is legit uh that is the that is the card that everyone references in regard to this game and i am going to be making a version with dogs instead of people because judging people based on how they look while it can be fun when they're 80s stock photos and not real people, uh, I think it would be more fun to decide what dog you want to pet, walk, and or adopt. Uh, but the, the dogs are going to have human traits, like hates Susan in HR, <laughs> or, or uh, yells every time the doorbell rings. So... Uh, it's going to be funny, and I'm hopefully going to have all of that printed and ready to go, at least a prototype of it, of uh, Barkthrob uh, by BlitzCon in February. So if people haven't gotten tickets for BlitzCon yet, they should do that. Ambie, where can yes. they do that? Uh, it's on Eventbrite, but you can get... Um, uh, what do I... You can get... Why can't I... Sorry, I'm trying to type at the same time. <laughs> You can get information about it at boardgameblitz.com slash con, which I will paste into the chat, because I can do that. Hooray! <laughs> Yay. Okay, so MU Jedi asked, what is the rating for that game? Oh, I mean, it's... For Heartthrob? It's pretty innocent. Like, in the original game, you're, like, choosing who you want to dance with and who you want to go on a date with. There's nothing, like, a, no, no adult content or dirtiness in it. Uh, I have played it with people who have come up with their own questions, which were <laughs> slightly more adult-themed. But the game itself was originally intended for... Hold on. Ages. Here's the rating. For all girls who like <laughs> boys. 
And I would say in this day and age, it's for all people who like boys. Or for all people who like people, even though all the photos happen to be of males. But, uh, yeah. Guess which guy your opponents like best? <laughs> it is, it's ridiculous. This game, I can't even. Yeah, I want to play. <laughs> I, it is, it is way more fun than it should be. That's all I know. Uh, okay, we've been streaming for a little over an hour now. Um, I don't know. I don't think I had anything else in particular that I wanted to mention. Uh, I do know that this is kind of standing in for our episode tomorrow that we're not doing. So I wanted to make sure we had something substantial, but I think we've done that. And I hope that for those of you who wanted a session report from my TI foreplay, uh, I covered all of the things that you wanted to hear me talk about. But if I didn't, please feel free to tweet at us or email us at boardgameblitz at gmail.com. Uh, and I would be happy to answer more questions either on Twitter or in a future episode. Um, but yeah, Twilight Imperium gets two thumbs up from me. Does not beat Star Trek Ascendancy for me as far as spacey 4X games go. So. Oh yeah, okay. it is It is expensive to go come to San Francisco if you do not live there. That is true. Um, anything else you want to say, Hamby? Uh, no, I think that's it. Uh, so thank you very much to yeah. everyone in the chat. Uh, we had a pretty active chat tonight, which was awesome, especially considering we just announced that we were doing this stream yesterday. <laughs> so <laughs> we didn't want to announce it too far in advance because then people would forget. But uh, we appreciate and, and all... we didn't plan it until yesterday. That's the behind the scenes info. <laughs> uh, we hope that you all enjoyed this. And uh, Ambi and I, I think, both have interest in doing more live stuff mm -hmm. going forward. But we just don't know exactly what form that's going to take yet. But if you want to see us do more live videos, either chats like this or actual playing games, either on a table or in a digital uh, tabletop space, um, let us know. Because obviously we would like to do what you all want to see. And mm -hmm. yeah. That's probably about it. Um, thank you all for watching. If you're watching this on YouTube after the fact, thank you for watching there. Uh, <laughs> feel free to share this video with anybody. Who knows? I don't know. People who like Twilight Imperium or people who are interested in it and want to hear the experience of somebody who just played it for the first time. There you go. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much. We will talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Bye.